This is not a situation where, oh, I'm going to keep my powder dry and save up all of my arguments for this one big thing. And then I'm going to just drop this huge um, atom bomb of all these things that I'm mad at you about because you brought up. No, that's going to destroy communication in your marriage. So you may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Hey, sweetheart, how are things going for you today? I'm doing fantastic. And if you can believe it, we turned 50 today. Well, the podcast has 50 episodes. We're not actually turning 50. Oh, that that's true. The podcast is turning 50 <laughs> episodes. We're not quite there yet ourselves. So thank you for listening. This is our 50th episode. We're Woo-hoo! really happy to be a part of that. But we've got another exciting milestone coming up very soon, and that is our second anniversary. Well, and not us, our second anniversary being married. True. We're, we're at 20 years, babe. We've got so 10 times as much, but for the podcast, the second year anniversary of the podcast. And we want you to participate. Um, Our favorite session for Operation Thriving Marriage live experiences is the Q&A session at the end. And we'd like to experience that with you as well. and love to answer the questions you have about marriage and you can send them to us. You can go to operationthrivingmarriage.com and leave us a message or you can email me at brian.d.harvey at gmail.com. That's Brian, B-R-Y-O-N. We look forward to hearing your questions and answering some of them on the podcast. And today we're talking about communication and more specifically when communication breaks down. And all I can think of is one of the cases I was working on where it was like multiple five, six feuding sisters after their mom had passed away, even though the mom had spelled out what she wanted done for distribution, they were all feuding about it. And it it's just something where one of them was represented by an attorney and that attorney and I did very well speaking to each other. Fortunately, we came up with a framework to resolve the dispute But then four of the five sisters went off and wanted to come up with something totally different, which was very much in opposition to what this other attorney and I had agreed upon for a framework. And I ended up just shooting out an email to all the sisters and this other attorney saying, listen, this other attorney and I have set up this framework to get this resolved in a positive way. If you do not go along with this, there is going to be significant continuing litigation that is going to be insanely expensive to the point where this other attorney and I are going to have enough money to buy matching sports cars and we're going to wave at each other in these matching sports cars in downtown Ann Arbor and you're going to have so much less money than your mom would have wanted you to have. So y'all get it together so that the money stays in your pockets and doesn't go into mine and this other attorney's. So they were able to get it together and resolve the matter very shortly thereafter, which is great. A sports car would have been nice, though. Yeah, that would have been a kind I of would, cool. I mean, that would have been, that would have been cool. Why, why did you, I mean, you should have just kept litigating. The- I know, in honoring <laughs> this woman who passed away, you know, you, you don't always get the sports car, but I think we were honoring this woman and 
doing what we could do to uh, build some bridges with the the family. But that was brewing f- as a problem for decades. But yeah, so what do you think caused this, though? I mean, that's interesting. I mean, having such a significant breakdown where two of the sisters who hired attorneys were able to walk through, but you had these other attorney, not other attorneys, other sisters who were not represented by attorney, basically throwing a monkey wrench in the problem. What do you think was the initial or root cause of the communication breakdown amongst these sisters? I I think a lot of it, sin is selfishness, and they just wanted things to go a certain way, and they had certain ideas and values that were not congruent with the law and, quite frankly, weren't congruent with what the mom had put in her estate planning documents. But I I think that communication breakdown, sometimes it's going to be a misunderstanding but sometimes it's going to be competing values and yeah. sometimes it's it's just going to be again selfishness on one part or both parts. I want what I want and I don't care what you want. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, communication, I mean, it's I feel like in that situation if those sisters had had healthy communication mm-hmm. amongst them, then you wouldn't have made as much money on the case, but the case probably could have settled a lot faster if they'd had healthy communication and communication wasn't breaking down amongst them. And I think that's true of every relationship. Sure. Especially in marriage, though, right? That That's very true, especially, I would say, in marriage, because healthy communication is that crucial uh, to have a thriving marriage. But there are things that can cause a breakdown in communication in your marriage and everyone's marriages. And some of that is resentment. We had talked a bit on a previous podcast that Brene Brown says that a lot of that resentment is really a form of envy because it's like, well, I'm doing all of these right things and kind of hauling the major load possibly in this marriage or in this area of the marriage. And you're just able to go and do whatever you want and kind of flake off on it. But you're getting benefits uh, of the marriage, this section of the marriage or the marriage as a totality. And that resenting your spouse or feeling resented by your spouse can just lead to all kinds of problems and harm in the marriage. And those are two distinct but important things because you could resent your spouse for whatever. Um, like you were talking about, it's um, it's not uncommon when bad feelings, disconnection happens for one spouse to feel like, oh, you're getting X, Y, and Z benefit from this marriage, but not contributing to it. But also, it could be that idea of, I think my spouse resents me. Mm-hmm. And For whatever reasons, right? For whatever reason. It's interesting because we humans create some interesting feedback loops in our brain. I was recently listening to a radio broadcast and they were talking about these feedback loops and things. And it's interesting. Research shows that when something bad in a relationship happens or you feel like something didn't go well, generally you think it's worse than the other person. If you're feeling like this was bad, the story um, that they were illustrating was this um, woman was early in her college career and she met some people for the first time and they were talking about TV shows. And she mentioned that she liked watching The Bachelor. Well, that all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, that's a guilty pleasure and she became somewhat embarrassed. And these are all, I mean, these are college women. They may have been like a graduate program. And she just outed herself watching this 
smutty kind of show Uh and felt like, oh my gosh, these women aren't going to want to be my friends. They're... I've ruined any chance of building a relationship with them. Like totally catastrophizing the situation and maybe didn't need to. Well, certainly didn't need to because she says later someone in that group of women said, hey, me and a few friends, we watch The Bachelor every week together and have this little party. (laughs) They go, oh boy. But the point is she thought this was bad and her thoughts of how bad it was were much worse than it actually was. Well, same thing happens in marriage. Maybe um, something happens and you think your spouse resents you and then this feedback loop develops in your brain and now you're thinking the situation is much worse than your spouse is experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so when you're feeling resentment or feeling resented, you need to address it. Mm -hmm. You need to discuss it and bring it up. There are times when your spouse will do a thing Perhaps it's the way they've addressed something in front of the children or how they've managed discipline or they came in and they disagreed with how you were handling that situation and then changed course on you. Mm -hmm. When they've done something, you need to call them out. You just need to say, hey, our marriage is more important than your relationship with the children. And do that in private. Absolutely. But you need to address it, it's going to be uncomfortable. The reality is when you have to confront an issue, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. None of us likes doing that, but that momentary discomfort is going to lead to longer health in your marriage, where if you don't be a little uncomfortable now, there's a wedge building in your marriage that could become a bigger and bigger problem. Oh, sure. It's going to fester. And I I think we've talked about this before. You don't want to marinate in resentment because that's just toxic. That's just going to kill your marriage. So you've got to address that. But then sometimes, and I've heard couples talk about this, and I think the most common is watching some of these um, television shows about pets. Like there's this guy, um, Jackson Galaxy, when we used to have um, Animal Planet, he had this um, My Cat from Hell or something like that. And he was this cat behavioralist who'd go in and right. help people with their cats that were misbehaving. Sometimes you feel resentment towards your spouse and they've done nothing wrong. For instance, many times there was strife in a relationship on this show because the cat loved one spouse or one person in the more than the other. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I'm so unhappy because... The dog comes to you first when we come home and not to me. Or the cat sits on your lap and not my lap. And there's these resentful feelings. It's kind of ridiculous, right? It is. But then sometimes, too, it's it's not as silly because sometimes maybe you resent the relationship that your spouse has with your children. Or maybe, for whatever reason, your spouse has formed a strong relationship with one of your parents. And you resent that relationship. Like some jealousy, like you're being replaced, possibly. Absolutely. Or or if your spouse is prioritizing those relationships over you. Well, I think now that's a difference because that's Mm -hmm. when the spouse is doing something wrong. Sure. But sometimes the spouse isn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. It just happens to be, especially um, children go through phases. We've talked about this with our kids where they go through the one of our ch- children told me to my face one time, well, 
mom's my favorite parent. That's hilarious because I don't think that's true of either of them. But but I think yeah. but it goes through phases where sometimes and some of it's very predictable early on. Mom is much more important than dad. I mean, certainly infant stage, literally the child is relying on the mom to survive like sustenance. Yeah. yeah. And so but and because of that, there's a closer connection, the oxytocin from nursing and things like that, the close eye contact and all those things that you experience. You build that. But then over time, oftentimes kind of middle school, junior high age, there's a transition where dad becomes more important because of social things and Mm -hmm. things where children will lean on dad more than mom. And there's phases that go back and forth. And some spouses will feel resentment to, oh, the child. I hear a lot of this from guys feeling like after the baby's born and there's this connection I miss my wife mm. and things like that. But then also I hear from wives who says, I miss the relationship I had with my little boy when he was mama's little boy and a toddler. Sure. And now he's out there doing things that with dad, maybe it's a hobby that they share fishing or sports mm-hmm. or something like that, or whatever it is, they like the same movies and they start feeling resentment. And it's not, the spouse's fault at all. The spouse didn't cause it. In these situations, I think it's incredibly important to remember that the powers and principalities and rulers of this dark age are going to help create negative feedback loops in your mind. And if you give the devil a foothold, he will start climbing all up in your head and cause problems. And Paul says that Corinthians, we need to take every thought captive and make them obedient to Christ. So when you're feeling resentful or feeling resented, you need to think through what are these thoughts? One, is it even true? And two, what's going on here? And make sure you replace lies with the truth and make sure you understand in an instance where the cat just because one spouse feeds the cat every morning. The cat is more affectionate because the cat sees you good food source. Other spouse, not good food source because sure. <laughs> because that's let's be honest. That's all are. cats. Um, yep. It's not your spouse's fault. And if you want this cat to spend more time with you, maybe you need to get up first and feed the cat. <laughs> you know, if right. it's that important, but don't put that on your spouse, but take those thoughts captive and replace them with thoughts that are true and lovely These are the things you do. But most importantly, focus on the positive things about your spouse. Yes. It's easy to get caught up in these feedback loops of, oh, my spouse does this, that, or the other thing, and blah, 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 blah. Your thoughts are your responsibility. No one controls your thoughts but you. No one influences your thoughts but those whom you let influence your thoughts. You are 100% responsible for what you think choose to think things that are going to bring you and your spouse closer together, not further apart. And there are other things that can cause a breakdown in communication in your marriage and arguments is that because these arguments can kind of expand into other issues. And we've seen this before. Again, we're up in Michigan. So when it it rains, water freezes, water gets into that crack, the the ice freezes, it expands the crack, and that can happen uh, with arguments as well. And I, I think it's a pretty common issue that all marriages can face because the root cause of this is, guess what? 
you never really resolve that earlier conflict and you haven't addressed something and you just allowed it to fester or grow or or just marinate in that kind of guck to make things toxic. So it's so important to address problems or, or issues or concerns or behavior early, address them honestly, and address them completely. Don't let things fester. And don't, when you're dealing with a situation, when you're in a fight, when you're in an argument, you're arguing about that thing and that thing only. Mm-hmm. And don't and discipline yourself. And if there's something else that's unresolved or something that you didn't bring up, this is not a situation where, oh, I'm going to keep my powder dry and save up all of my arguments for this one big thing. And then I'm going to just drop this huge um, atom bomb of all these things that I'm mad at you about because you brought up. No, Yikes. that's going to destroy communication in your marriage. So if there's something else that in the context of a specific conflict, you observe that there's other things unresolved, save them and say, okay, we're going to resolve this conflict and say, okay, now we've gotten through this. Can I talk to you about this other thing? And probably not immediately. It's not like one conflict, then another, then another, but don't linger on it, but let recover from the first conflict and say, hey, when remember when we were talking about this thing, this other thing occurred to me. Well, and it's kind of bothering me. Can we talk about it and do it in love? And as we've talked about before in communication, listen in a way that your spouse wants to talk to you and speak to them in a way that your spouse wants to listen to you. Or to put it kind of simply, let fester be a noun and a person, not a verb. You don't let problems fester, but we know who Uncle Fester in the Adams family is, and he can be a person. Da, so. da, da, da. Oh, dear. Da, da. No? Oh, yeah, it's we snap. snap. It's not snaps, claps. not claps. All right. Okay, I've totally ruined Adams family for everybody listening. I da, am da, so da, sorry. Da, 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 Please da, don't da, resent da. me. Um. All right. So what's another... Uh, problem that can cause a breakdown in communication in your marriage, that lack of connection. And communication and intimacy are inextricably connected. When you lack communication, intimacy suffers. When you lack intimacy, communication suffers. That Those are, are two aspects of your marriage that you need to work on. We have chapters about this in our book, Operation Thriving Marriage, as well as having talked about this in the past on our podcast. Check out some of those episodes for more specifics. But But when you want to connect, focus on truly listening to each other. Don't just listen for the point. Don't just, oh, this is the thing that you're saying. Listen to the heart behind the message. What What is the root? What is the feeling and emotion behind the message? Not just, oh, here's the facts or the data in the communication, the message that's being delivered. Also focus on truly knowing each other, communicate at a deeper level than just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir. Spend time talking about more than just the problems of the day or the kids' schedule or the activities or places you have to be, different obligations. Talk about things that are more important to you at a much deeper level, your dreams, your hopes, your feelings, your desires, what you want to do as a person individually, what you want to be able to attain as a couple. And And this can be hard to do because our culture doesn't really value this. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the most common answer the question, hey, how are you doing? How are things? Oh, I'm busy. 
you know, and we just hate that. We keep things at such a surface level because Mm -hmm. that's what society expects. Or I'm I'm busy, but I'm good. Meaning, yeah, I'm important because I'm busy and I'm good. So don't bother me. Exactly. And the unfortunate reality is many of us haven't learned how to have real deep conversations because it's only these surface conversations have been modeled. Mm -hmm. And it's important to have these conversations and have appropriate ones. I mean, there are some things that are a little too intimate to talk about in front of the kids, but there are some, have these conversations. But just between husband and wife, right? Right. But there's some things, um, have these conversations in front of your children um, so they learn what it means to have a real deep conversation so when they're adults, they can develop this type of connection too. Like hopes, dreams, goals, things Absolutely. like that. Mm-hmm. Build a relationship. And if you want to have healthy communication, one of the things that's going to break down communication in a hurry is you're not connecting with each other on more than a surface level. So build that connection to avoid this communication breakdown. Communication is one of the foundations to a thriving marriage. There are many ways that communication can break down. The spiritual forces of darkness will take every chance to get you to focus on the negative and try to separate you and your spouse. Don't let that happen. Your marriage is worth the work and effort to make it thrive. God has an amazing plan for you and your marriage. Deal with feelings of resentment with your spouse resolve conflict early and completely, and connect deeply with each other. In this way, you will have a healthy marriage that will last a lifetime. Thank you so much for listening to the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast. We really appreciate you. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us get the word out about the podcast to other people. Thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful day. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to operationthrivingmarriage.com. That's operationthrivingmarriage.com.